0: An entitled jerk takes up my sister's handicap parking spot by parking his expensive BMW in our spot. But once he gets a ticket for parking in our handicap spot, this guy freaks out and says some horrible things to me as well as my family. So I decided to get some revenge on this guy by posting online the secret recording I made of his interaction with me and effectively ruining his reputation in our community. And I've never felt more satisfied to get revenge on anyone in my life. Here's what happened. So to start things out, my My little sister, who is the sweetest girl in the world, is 12 years old, but can't walk or communicate. Her mental age is about six months old. She obviously cannot attend a regular school, but since we live in a big city, there is a wonderful school for kids just like her. Even though we don't own a car since we don't need one, we got the city to put up signs in front of our house, designating a four meter spot for wheelchair pickup and drop off for her school bus every morning and afternoon. The signs went up perhaps two years ago, and after the first week we never really had any issues since most of our neighbors are wonderful and totally understanding of our designated spot. For some context, we live in a perhaps poorer community, though we are well off. But in our nine years here, we've had nothing but great interactions with everyone in the neighborhood. Sadly, the neighborhood is gentrifying and we're getting more self-centered people with their expensive cars actually honking at us while my sister gets loaded onto her school bus. This process takes about four minutes, but blocks our little street. And when they they do this, it really upsets me, as well as the other sane people that witnessed this happening. Naively, we thought this would be the extent of our unpleasant interactions, but boy were we wrong. In September, we woke up like any other Monday morning to find a shiny BMW parked in our disabled spot. Now, it wasn't just partially in it, it was positioned perfectly to take up the entire spot. To make things worse, there were about a dozen other open spots on the block, and it's not like they were all vacated that morning, since we wake up at about 6 in the morning. We were absolutely baffled. I had seen this car many times since last July and it was definitely the same car since there aren't many burgundy sports cars in our neighborhood. It was usually parked about 20 meters south on our street and we knew it belonged to a neighbor a few doors down. We did all the basics in this type of situation. We took a picture, we took down the license plate and we called the police just to report it. The cops came by within an hour and wrote a big fat ticket. I believe it was for about $700 dollars or some other kind of significant amount. Well, at around noontime a smug angry guy came knocking on my door and it was right about then that I realized that this guy was going to be a problem. Now it was obvious that this was the owner of the car, so I made the quick decision to record the conversation on my phone. I opened the door and before I could say anything, this jerk was laying into me. He accuses me of putting up those signs this morning just to get him in trouble. He goes on to say that disabled spots shouldn't even be a thing, that it's always empty and that we should pay for his undeserved ticket, that it isn't even an inconvenience since the spot next to his was free and my sister could have just gotten onto the bus from there. Once he finished, I said okay and I shut the door on his furious face. He rang the doorbell another five times before storming off. To my satisfaction, the recording caught everything clearly. In the evening, I told my parents what had happened and I gave my dad a copy of the recording. Now, we have a tight-knit community for the most part and there is a neighborhood Facebook group with about 3,000 members. My dad decided to post a summary of what had happened along with the recording and a picture of the car in our spot on the page. Well, once that was posted, there was an immediate uproar with people saying that they would fight back. We were humbled by the feeling that our community was standing up for us, but we honestly didn't think anything would come of it. The next day, I leave the house to go to school and I walk by this guy's car that's in his normal spot and I noticed that the front tire has been completely deflated. Upon further inspection, it was slashed, and as I said, our community is tight-knit, but I can't say I expected anything like this to ever happen. The guy must have seen the Facebook post, because he didn't come back to our house to complain or accuse us of anything. The following weeks were sweet. Whenever I saw him in public, people would go up to him and remind him that he was an awful human being. Fast forward to November, and his house had a for sale sign in the window. The house market had gone down by quite a bit. I'm always kind of curious about how much houses similar to ours are selling for, compared to how much we paid for ours in 2010, so I basically knew what he had paid for in July. Once I saw the for sale sign, I rushed home and I checked the local house listings, and lo and behold, he was selling for $90,000 less than what it was going for in July. He clearly wanted to get out of the neighborhood. While his crime wasn't nearly worth $90,000, I must say that I don't feel bad. Worst case scenario, he sells that obnoxious car of his, which would easily cover the lost money. But since that incident, let's just say that we haven't had a single car parked in my sister's spot ever since. That guy is a grade A jerk. First and foremost, that was really good thinking of the original poster to record that interaction. I mean, that made all the difference in the world. This could have been a very long and drawn out situation if that wasn't recorded and posted online. Like this guy that was complaining because he got a ticket, seriously has some twisted morals. Like hand Handicapped spots are there for a reason. It is absolutely necessary in society, and anyone who thinks otherwise seriously has some twisted viewpoints. And while I think the destruction of property really was a bad idea, I think the public outcry and his loss of reputation really was well-deserved. I mean, this guy just ruined his standing in the community, and he literally didn't have a leg to stand on. There was nobody on his side. So the fact that he had to sell his house for much less than what it was worth just to try and get out of that neighborhood is really funny to me. So good. Good for the original poster for recording that interaction. It literally made the difference for that community and now they don't have to deal with a jerk like that ever again. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also follow Am I the Jerk on Instagram and Twitter to see all the stories that couldn't make it into the videos. My mother-in-law is supposedly setting a boundary that she's demanding that people have to show up to her house this Christmas this year. And at this point, we seriously don't know what to do. So Christmases in our blended family are going to be stressful and I'm now figuring this out. My wife by the name of Sarah, that's not her real name, is from the opposite coast from me. She moved here on purpose to escape the little area she grew up in. Her mom and dad split up in 2021 after 35 years of marriage. We have been married for almost 4 years. My family all lives within 45 minutes of a plane ride or a 2 hour car ride from each other on this coast. My sister and I both live in extremely destination style cities. Sarah's brother lives in the same city as us. To make a long story short my mother-in-law is supposedly setting a boundary that Christmas will be at her house this year and I really use the word boundary quite loosely because I really think she's being manipulative. She is refusing to travel at all and says that she always travels for Christmas. Now this has been true for the past two years. We did a blended Christmas at my sister's house in 2021 and a blended Christmas at my newly purchased home in 2022. Now I honestly think that this is a power play by her mom and also ignores the fact that Sarah and I travel to see her at least twice a year. She lives far away from airports, so it's always a heavy lift, but we bear it because she is family. Logistically, there's basically two options for me and Sarah. We have two whole Christmases with both sides of the family, or we have one blended Christmas. My sister has a 7-year-old and a husband whose work deals in shipping, logistics, and delivery. So December is an absurdly busy month for them, and they functionally cannot travel. I also have a job that needs doing in December and so does Sarah. I think we need to set some kind of counter boundary with her mom or something like that because honestly at this point we seriously don't know what to do. I don't think your mother-in-law knows what a boundary is because what she's describing is literally a demand. She's demanding that you have to go to her house for Christmas. There's no way around it and it's just the way things are. That in my opinion is very toxic and that's not fair for anybody involved. And sure she did just have a divorce that is probably wrecking her world completely. But in in no way is the mother-in-law setting a boundary. Instead, she's just trying to tell people what to do. So I'm right there with the original poster. This really does feel like manipulation, if anything, and it's also very inconsiderate to everybody else. In my opinion, if the mother-in-law wants to be in some kind of Christmas party, she should travel to try and make it happen. It sounds like she lives the furthest away from basically everybody in the family, and it just seems a little bit backwards that she's not willing to travel to see everybody in the family. So no, I don't think you're wrong in thinking that this is weird, and if anything, maybe it's time for your wife to step in and try and intervene, because the way your mother-in-law is acting is a little bit strange, and it most likely has to do with the divorce she just had. My neighbor's cat was taken out by another neighbor's dog, and now she's wondering where her cat is, as well as whether or not we know any information. But as a result, we have not told her anything, and we have not told her what actually happened to her cat, and it's now been several months, and at this point, we seriously don't know what to do. So I had just gotten back from fishing for the day, and was spraying off the boat. When I'm inside the boat on the trailer, my neighbor's back patio is visible over our fence. Now, I don't talk to my neighbors much, but my roommate absolutely does. And it's just the usual small neighbor talk. And she'll ask him every now and then to help out with some heavier labor yard work. I then hear her call out the wrong name to me. She says, hey Kevin, Kevin, is that you? Now, my name is not Kevin, but my roommate's is. I say to her, I'm sorry, no, my name is the original poster. She says, ah, I've been trying to catch Kevin to ask him about my cat. She's been missing for a few days and it's not like her to not check in for this long. Have you seen her? I start asking her what the cat looks like because our neighborhood has a lot of outside cats and they're always in the yard. At this point in the conversation my roommate has walked out the front door which is around the corner of the house not visible to her but I can see him. He hears the back half of the conversation as I'm telling her that I haven't seen her come through our backyard lately but I will keep an eye out. At this moment my roommate makes really wide eyes and slips back inside the front door like homer simpson in the bushes but i think nothing of it because we're always just messing around like that after i get done with my boat i go inside and i start telling kevin about the conversation with the neighbor and he interrupts me and says i know what happened to her cat it's not just missing it's not coming back confused i ask what he means and he tells me that because we hadn't seen each other in a couple of days he didn't have time to tell me according to kevin while doing yard work the other day with headphones on the neighbor's cat was sitting in the yard after a while he noticed a bit of commotion in his peripheral and when he focused he saw that another neighbor's dog had gotten out the front door while their owner went out back. The dog got a hold of the cat and made a complete toy out of it if you know what I mean. Kevin said he saw the dog fully biting on the cat and shaking it around like a stuffed animal. Now Kevin did not want to get involved so as not to hurt her so he calls out to get the owner's attention but it was already too late when the owner noticed and got the dogs back inside. Kevin said it was honestly too late as soon as it started. The owner started cussing up a storm, obviously infuriated by the situation, while Kevin just watches the entire scene in shock. The cat was completely lifeless. The dog owner says to Kevin, Oh God, leave the door open for two seconds and this happens. Do you know whose cat this is? Kevin, gazing at this cat that is no longer moving, says that he thinks that it's this lady's, pointing to our neighbor's house. She wasn't home at the time. The dog owner cussed a bit more and sized up what he was gonna do. This guy actually picks up a shovel, scoops the cat up and puts it inside of a garbage can and then goes back inside. Now at this point I'm absolutely flummoxed when he's done telling me. I then ask Kevin if he's going to tell the cat neighbor and he says he's been thinking about it but doesn't think that it's his place and if it were him he would rather just like to believe the cat got hit in traffic. About 20 minutes later while doing some work in the backyard she asked Kevin if he had seen the cat and he tells her no but he'll keep an eye out. It has been months now and honestly we're not sure what to do. This is seriously awful. Like, think about it. This is someone's beloved pet. Someone's pet who they really love and adore, and they take care of them, and this cat is probably another family member to this lady. Like, seriously, you guys need to tell her what happened. She deserves the right to know, and she deserves to know that, hey, the neighbor across the street was negligent with their dog, and this is what happened. I mean, what is going on here? You guys seriously are just gonna keep her out of the loop? You know the truth. Why would you not tell her? That is completely awful to just sit there and say nothing. Here she is probably waiting day in and day out trying to figure out where her cat went. And what did the owner of the dog do with this cat? He literally just threw it in the trash. There's not even the body of the cat to confirm her worst fears. This is such a terrible thing to do and honestly this is not okay. You guys are complete jerks for keeping her in the dark when you know the truth. And honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would have told her right away exactly what happened. Because your neighbor absolutely deserves the right to know. An entitled Karen free Out when she finds out her son is lower On the batting order than she feels he Deserves and I've never been more annoyed To be a volunteer coach for a baseball team In my life here's what happened So this just happened yesterday And I'm still flabbergasted by the gall of People I coach my 9 year old summer Baseball team if you know anything about Little league you'll know summer baseball Is only about staying active there's No mandatory practices no tournament Only two games a week over a four Week span so the kids get to keep Swinging it's basically the pickup version of organized Little League Baseball. Last night was our second to last game, so we've been playing for three weeks. I start warm-ups 45 minutes before every game, and this has been known since before our first game. I put the lineup together 30 minutes before game time, because at this point, I should know who is and isn't going to be there. I knock the task out as early as possible so I can get back to warm-ups with the kids. And it's right about now that the entitled Karen of this story rolls in 20 minutes late before game time with her son. I had put him at the bottom of the batting order and had him sitting out on defense the first inning because i wasn't sure when i did the lineup if he was coming there's this perception that the worst players on the team bat last so seeing her son at the bottom of the batting order set her off mind you her son plays on select teams which is a pay-to-play advanced league and doesn't necessarily mean you're the better player and his dad coaches select that means her son must be the best player on the team and should be batting higher in the order right well she definitely thinks so she has her son thinking that too because he was crying on the bench before the game had even started. She proceeded to try and argue with me in front of everyone that she had been on time for warmups the week prior and no one else on the team was there. So they came later last night because we weren't actually starting 45 minutes early like I said we would. First of all though, that's not true. Granted, I've missed two of the games but when I'm there, I'm always an hour early and she is never on time. Secondly, her son skipped an optional practice I held simply because it was only a practice. So they're not taking the whole thing very seriously anyways. I pointed out that every other kid on the team had been here on time last night and was warming up. I wanted so badly to say, hey this is a volunteer position. You want to set the lineup? You coach the next year. But instead I had to placate her by saying it wasn't about her son's skill because literally it wasn't. But it was about him being late for warmups and the fact that I'd already set the lineup. She proceeded to jump on the phone and start complaining about me. Then hovered by the dug out the entire game. And honestly, it makes me realize that coaching is a thankless job and Karen's leech all the fun straight out of it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Yeah, that lady's being super obnoxious. If she wanted her kid to be higher up on the batting order, she literally just had to show up on time. Like, that's all she had to do. But instead, she wants to complain and be weird about it. Her kid's probably not even that good at baseball anyways. Like, come on. So I don't blame you for being frustrated. This lady was being really annoying. And maybe next time, if she wants her kid to be higher up on the batting order, she can come on time and try and take this seriously. Today, I messed up by serving a customer an entire wine glass full of soy sauce, assuming by mistake that it was actually wine. Wine, and I've never been more embarrassed in my life. Here's what happened. So, this actually happened a while ago, but has scarred me so much that I think about it years later every time someone orders a glass of red wine. When I was 18, I started working my first server job at a local family owned Japanese sushi restaurant. It was pretty small scale 10 to 12 tables, and I was the only server as they didn't get much business. The restaurant was owned by an old woman, but her son and daughter ran the restaurant by this point, although she still worked in it. They also all lived in a house nearby. They frequently transported things back and forth between their house and the restaurant. They kept a lot of storage at their house, but also just took home food or supplies to use at their house. I worked there for a few months, and one night, a table ordered a glass of wine. We keep the red bottles on a different spot in the restaurant compared to the whites, and we keep it in a fridge in the kitchen. I was busy, so rather than walk to the other end of the restaurant, I grabbed a nearly full bottle of wine on the end of the sushi bar, a spot I would learn later that they usually keep some of their personal items at. I poured the glass and brought it to the customer, who was a woman with her family. I was stopped by them a minute afterwards and she told me her wine did not taste good at all. It was bitter and incredibly salty. Her husband said it didn't even taste like wine, but more like soy sauce. I exchanged puzzled looks with them and apologized and took the glass away and said I would open a new bottle just for them. I walked over to my boss, the son, who is a sushi chef, along with an old man who's part of their family. I told them they said the wine tasted bad and they were dismissive and just told me to get a new glass for them. Then I mentioned how they said it also tasted like soy sauce and my boss literally stopped rolling sushi and looked up at me with a horrified look on his face. He turned towards the old man and started speaking in another language and the more they were talking the more my stomach just sank. My boss tells me that the other sushi chef took an empty bottle of wine and filled it up with soy sauce just so they could take it home but they left it on the end of the counter, he confirmed to me that I just served them a glass of soy sauce wine. I got them a new glass and explained what happened and profusely apologized. My boss then came over and apologized as well and took off all their drinks from the tab. They laughed it off and would continue to come back after that and make me feel so embarrassed by bringing it up every time. Now, anytime a glass of red wine is ordered, I am honestly completely terrified. That is a really funny story. Imagine that. You're just trying to do your job and work your job as an Eighteen-year-old, You have this small sushi restaurant that you work at and a couple order some red wine and you try and pour them a glass But instead you pour them a bunch of soy sauce First off that must have been really gross like you would probably know right away. Yeah, this is not wine This is straight up salty soy sauce. Listen, I love soy sauce just like the rest of them Anytime I order sushi or Chinese food. I'm always putting soy sauce all over my food It adds just a little bit extra to the already delicious meal, but drinking it straight literally makes me want to gag that seriously Sounds so disgusting, and I can only imagine how jarring that must have been to literally take a giant swig of that. But thankfully, they were good sports about it. They didn't freak out and they didn't cause a massive scene. So hopefully, the next time you see a bottle of red wine on the countertop, you check with the other sushi chefs just to make sure it is what it says it is. Because I'm sure that's a mistake you're definitely not gonna make again anytime soon. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.